We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we do have a couple a couple uh, shows here or a couple questions here that we're going to get into. We're probably not going to have a super long mailbag because we don't have a ton of questions unless you guys want to get some more in there. But we do have a few. And, and, and as, look, before I get into that, folks, this is why you need to be on the CFP Nation channel. Bill does a great job. Uh, he's a lot like me in that he's very opinionated. I think he'll admit when he's wrong, but you, he, you better be pretty clear, make a pretty strong argument about it. Um, very fair though. And this is, this is the, I come from, I think what game it was where I actually went up and first talked to him, but I had read, read some of his articles and I thought he's very fair and very objective. He's been, you know, I don't agree with all of his takes on Notre Dame, but he's always very fair to Notre Dame. And I would even argue pro Notre Dame. I think he's one of those people that thinks it's good for the game when Notre Dame is good. Cause I think he likes the fact when Midwestern teams are good. So if you have not checked out Bill's work at sporting news, please do so. He does a great job uh, with his written content, but he also does a great job on the CFP Nation channel. And so we, uh, we've we had some meetings here about some things we're going to do to try to get more from them here over the summer and some different things that we got planned. And, of course, uh, doing more uh, with us will be something. We'll have him on again this summer. There's no doubt about it. So hope you guys enjoyed that uh, enjoyed that conversation. We've got a couple questions here that I'll get to before we get out of here, folks. Garen Nutson says, haven't contributed in a while, but IB always contributes. Thanks for what you all do. Go Irish. Thank you, Garrett. Garen, very, very, very much for that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Osgood says, guys, I would love to see a top 25 QB list like this preseason after game four, after game eight, and then another end of the regular season. See how it changes. Now, uh, I think Bill said this uh, during the um, during his show. He does update his throughout the year. It's not like every week, but like periodically. I don't know if it's four games or half the season or whatever, but he does update it throughout the season, and which is a good read. So I would check that out. And I don't know. I may do something like that this year. I'm not sure. I'm still thinking through one of the things I've been doing this week, which is why I, we haven't had as much written content at Irish Breakdown is because this week's been a, a long week of, of trying to put together some different um, – you know some different things in regard to what our summer schedule is going to be what our we're making some changes for to our podcast and, and what that's going to look like so there's a lot of different things going on uh, that are gonna that are going to re- result in some changes in the in the type of content that we're going to have where certain things are going to be found some things we would always do in written articles now i'm gonna start doing more on the message board i uh, got a couple other things planned that i can't really get into just yet on this one but um yeah that's kind of what we've been working on all week is is really getting that stuff figured out and getting that stuff planned. So, uh, but uh, that that's an interesting idea, very interesting idea of something to discuss. And DJ Holman with a question. He says because he's commit he's been committed for a while, drop in rank and the focus on Nelson and Riddell. Some fans overlook question Jack Larson. Could you explain why he's still a good piece in the 2024 class? Uh, yeah, DJ. There was somebody today on our message board that said something like. Notre Dame should to drop him from the class and try to take Jaden Riddell and Carter Nelson, and I just uh, strongly oppose that. Number one, I think that Jack Car- Jack Larson is is it's what you said though. It's it if Jack Larson was a guy that like would have committed like at the Blue Gold game, there'd be a lot different opinion of him just because he's been in the the, the class so long, and because of the drop ranks rankings drop. Like like look, here's the deal though. Number one, he should have never been the number 47 player in the country like 247 had him. He should have never been there, and he was ranked there as late as November. But my counter to that would be, but what in the world could you possibly use to justify having him go from number 47 overall nationally to a three-star and the number 27 tight end? There's no justification for it, and I think that's the problem that that I have is, you know, they're, they're, they're tense so like, on three did this with Sullivan Absher last year. They had Sullivan Absher way higher than he should have been. And, and they had him ranked in the, in the fifties at one point in time. And then by the end of the year, you know, he, he had a, he had a, a not very good um, all-star game uh, experience, which we talked about because of the, the fact the kids never been in pass row before. And then on three dropped them the two sixty six, And I felt like th- it was, it was an, it was a sort of an absurd overreaction overcorrection. And you should never drop a guy 200 spots because of what he did at an all-star game. If you had been consistent for over a year that he was something that, that something different, you know? So to me, it's like, if they wanted to drop him to an unranked four-star, I, okay, I'd have him in the top 200, 250 for sure. But I wouldn't argue too much with that, but to have him go from number 47 player in the country to number a three-star and he has played zero football games in that stretch of time just seems pretty absurd to me. And it just, it just they lose credibility when things like that happen. But why is he still a good piece in the class? Number one, because he's a talented kid. Now he's a kid. He's got some of the best hands and ball skills in the entire country. And, and 
as much as I like Jaden Riddell and, and, and Carter Nelson, especially Carter Nelson from an upside standpoint, neither of them catch the ball like Jack Larson does. I mean, I, I've yet to see a tight end that has the ball skills that he has. I mean, it, it's tremendous. He's a quality athlete, needs to work on his route running. He's got to get stronger and those type of things. And he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a great separator. But he's a good football player and a good pickup and, and a guy that brings value. Now, could you make a case for a second tight end? Sure, especially if you're not going to bring in a fourth receiver. That's fine. And, and if you think that Jaden Riddell and Carter Nelson are too talented, to pa- one of them, you know, taking one of them is too talented to pass up, and sure. The other part of this is you got to remember why Notre Dame made the push for him. Number one, they liked this film quite a bit, but he came to Notre Dame and in a workout was with Christian Betancourt, who I saw somebody had as the best tight end in the country. I can't remember who it was. He completely outplayed him the entire day. He was the best quarterback there. Brady Priestcorn was at that camp. There were several kids ranked higher than Jack that Jack outplayed at the camp on top of having really good film. And that's what kind of was the final straw for Notre Dame of why they really made a strong push for him at the very end because they think he's very talented. And I'm going to trust Notre Dame on this more than a two four seven ranking, to be honest with you. And and I always felt he was not a top hundred player when they had him as a top hundred player, but they've gone way too far in the opposite direction. I, I looked at this. You want to talk about just why I have zero respect for two four sevens rankings? Number one is I know who the one of the people that's a driver of that is, and I have zero respect for him. But number two, you're going to tell me that this 16-man Notre Dame class only has four players that rank as four stars or higher and 12 three-stars, that's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. That That's one of the – people talk about bias. I don't know if it's an anti-Notre Dame bias. I have strong opinions that there is to it, but, you know, I can't prove it. But it's hard to look at those rankings. And I'm not talking about the composite rankings. I'm talking about their own individual rankings. You're going to tell me 12 of the 16 Notre Dame commits are three-star players? Get out of here with that. Like, I don't even have time to fool with you at that point in time. I don't even have time to hear what you have to say. It's just absurd. People shouldn't respect your opinion, and people should stop looking at your rankings at that point in time. I mean, it, it really it really is bad. We have a super chat here from Cuba Puig. Thank you, Cuba. Appreciate that. Is there a world where Cole Mullins moves to linebacker if we get Logan Thomas and Elijah rushing? You know, that's a good question because obviously the the question comes from the the standpoint of that Cole plays linebacker a lot of linebacker in high school. I don't think he projects to that part, uh, to that position at the next level, Cuba. I, I think when you look at him, he's 6'4", 240. Uh, he's not a guy that, to me, runs well enough in a modern defense to be a linebacker. I think the thing about Cole Mullins is what I like about him is I think he can play Viper, no question, but I also think he's a guy that could play play on the, the field end as well. And and I believe, and I don't know this for a fact, but I believe based on what we've seen from Notre Dame, how they're recruiting and and how we saw them in the spring, that they're going to go to the field end is going to be not so much the big power player that it used to be where they were kind of borderline having like three defensive tackles on the field. Like in 2021, Notre Dame basically had three defensive tackles on the field a lot of the time because they had migrant, Myron Tungvaloa Mosa at, uh, at field end. And that was also true this past season and a lot of times, the way that they use Riley Mills. And so I think they're they're going to more of a, a situation of, I think the, the field end has got to be a guy that's a bit more disruptive. And I think Cole Mullins can easily play that. So between those two guys, if those two guys are going to play Viper, then I have no problem moving Cole Mullins to the field end. And then, you know, I could see Bryce Young maybe even outgrowing the field end position as well and, and end up being a, a really athletic three technique. I could see that as well. 
so those are those are things that I look at. And somebody somebody uh, had brought up a, a made a comment about Cedric Irvin. Here's the difference between Cedric Irvin and what's going on now in regard to dropping Cedric Irvin from the class, and and not doing so with with Jack Larson. Number one is the Notre Dame staff that's here now likes Jack Larson. They did not feel the same way about Cedric Irvin. I'm not a big fan of dropping kids out of a class. I didn't like what they did with Jack Nickel. To be honest with you, I understood it. I thought it was the the right. They should have never offered taken his commitment in the first place. With Cedric Irvin, the difference is, is as I said, that was a new staff, new new running backs coach, new head coach, and they were honest with the kid and the people that wanted Cedric was Brian Kelly and Lance Taylor were no longer here. And Coach McCullough, and, and, and I don't believe Coach Reese supported the decision to bring on uh, Cedric Irvin. He did support the decision to not have him in the class, and they were honest with him. Look, you're, you're not going to play here. And I always think you should be honest with a kid. If you don't think a kid could play for you, and he's a kid you kind of inherited, one of the discussions I'm going to have tomorrow, there's a lot of stuff about what Pat Narduzzi said about Deion Sanders and how he's building his Colorado team. That's going to be one of my rundown topics tomorrow is going to be that because, you know, I, if you don't think a kid can play for you, you have the right to tell him that. And then he can kind of do what he's going to do with that. But why bring a kid to play for you when you don't think he can play for you and kind of waste his career, let him find another home as long as you're honest with him. So I think that's a little bit, that's a, to me, a different situation. Now, that's not something I'm going to do if, like, you recruited a guy and he's been committed to you for, I mean, Jack Larson's going on to being almost a year since he committed to Notre Dame. And now all of a sudden you can find someone better, so you just kick him to the curb? No, I can't, I can't support that. I can't support that. I, I, I really can't. I can't go there with that one. And the, But the, the end of the day, the staff doesn't think, the staff doesn't view it that way. They really like Jack Larson. That's the difference. Shamrock Sean says, what does Hartman have to accomplish during the season to win the Heisman? Also, is there a specific place fans can buy a Hartman jersey? I, I don't know about Hartman jersey. I don't know if the bookstore has them or not. I have not been to the bookstore in a very long time. So I couldn't tell you if they um, if they if they sell them or not. I, I don't, and I haven't looked anywhere online. So I'm I'm sorry, Sean. I can't help you on that one. I I don't. I haven't bought a jersey since I was like in high school. So I I don't I don't know where to find those. It's no judgment. I just I don't have an answer to that. What does he have to do to win a Heisman? Number one, he has to win the big games. They have to beat Ohio State. They have to beat USC. They have to beat Clemson. And I think he has to play really well in those games. And I think I think there's two things that he needs to do if he wants to win the Heisman. I even think that they could lose to Clemson, and, and as long as he plays well, he he could win the Heisman. But he's got to do two things. He's got to beat – they've got to beat, and he's got to play well against Ohio State, and then he's, they've got to beat, and he's got to play really well against USC. Because if you're going to if you're gonna go out there, let's just say they play USC and they win – they beat USC in a similar fashion to the way they beat Clemson last year in that it's just running the ball, and Sam makes a couple nice plays and all that. But, you know, Caleb Williams is doing some Hercules stuff and it just doesn't matter. Notre Dame's just a better team. I mean, you're still going to come away, wow, Caleb Williams is phenomenal. What's going to have to happen is he's going to have to have some really the, – the, the money games have to happen in prime time. And, and we've talked about this with, with Heisman Trophy winners in the past is you could argue this other guy had better stats and this other guy was a better player, but dang it, this guy was money in the big games and his team was really good. And so that's what they're going to give it – give the, uh, the Heisman to. So I think – 11 and one or better, very good numbers. I mean, he doesn't have to put up like 4,500 yards. If, if Sam Hartman's at like 37, 3,800 yards, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll be real with you. 
if his numbers look like they did last year on a on a on a per game basis, I mean, if you look at what Sam Hartman did last year and 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 say because like he only played twelve games because he missed the opener, and then and then played in the bowl game, so you know he has a twelve game average. If in twelve games he has thirty seven hundred yards passing, thirty eight touchdowns, and and they're winning 11, 12 games. If he can just cut down on the interceptions just a little, you know, where, you know, maybe it's like 10 or 11, which is just, but avoid the, like the really bad, the Louisville three touchdown interception games and Notre Dame beats Ohio state and USC and he puts up really good numbers. I mean, he's, he's in the conversation. I mean, he's absolutely in the conversation because remember the Heisman's a, 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 I mean, it's basically going to go to somebody that plays for one of the best teams in the country more often than not, unless you have like a crazy Lamar Jackson type of season. Heisman more often than not goes to who's the best skill player on the best team, one of the best teams in the country, and that's just kind of what it is. So they're going to have to be one of the best teams, and he's going to have to play really well in the money games. And that's that's to me, that's how Sam Hartman can find himself in the, the Heisman conversation. Irish fan 15, early prediction for LSU and Florida State. I don't, I don't necessarily have a prediction just yet, Irish fan. I, I need to study both rosters, but I'm going to tell you, I really like Florida State going in this year. Uh, I, I I can't I, – I, I'm going to – if I were to pick right now, I'd pick Florida State because I'm more familiar with their roster of what's coming back, to be completely honest with you. I also like their quarterback more. And and I need to, I need to find out – I need to find out – I still have some questions about what LSU has coming back. Uh, mean, in questions meaning like I'm, I'm not quite sure – at a couple positions that have coming back. So I, I couldn't, I wouldn't put, be putting money on it. And I wouldn't do a show breaking down that matchup just yet because I haven't studied LSU enough, but I do like what the, I know they have coming back. I think their defense has got to get better, but so does Florida State. Florida State's defense also has to get better, especially in some of the bigger games they had last year. So they both need to get better on defense. They both have dynamic run throw quarterbacks. Uh, they both have good, but not great offensive lines. They both have good but not great talent on defense top to bottom from what I know, although both of them have some high-level players, but LSU has the best defensive player, in my opinion, of the two, although some would argue that Jared Verse is that guy. But it's a it's a debate to have. They both have like that star guy, but then some question marks where you're, 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 you don't have – you're not as strong. I think Florida State did better in the portal than LSU did, just in my opinion. But at the end of the day, I trust – I trust – Jaden Daniels, I trust Jay Jordan Travis a little bit more than Jaden Daniels on top of the game being in Florida. And honestly, Mike Norvell's had Brian Kelly's number. I mean, look, Mike Norvell's coached against Brian Kelly, what, twice? Because when they when they played Notre Dame, if you remember when his first year at Florida State was 2020, Notre Dame beat Florida State that year. But if you remember, he did not coach in that game because he tested positive for COVID. So he wasn't at that game. It's one of their assistants was the head coach of that game. Uh, he he was he was back home that game, and then they played Notre Dame in 2021, and took him to overtime, and had a shot to win that game. And then, of course, they beat LSU last year with Brian Kelly, and they outplayed him early. LSU came back. Florida State's got a chance to put the game away, and they fumble it. LSU has a chance to win it. Special teams mistakes, shocker, uh, cost them that game. But um, I, I think that's. You know, and that's just that's I mean look that's true Bill Belichick Mike Shanahan for whatever number just had Bill I mean for whatever reason had Bill Bill Belichick's number is Mike Shanahan as good of a coach as Bill Belichick no I mean Mike Shanahan was a great coach won two Super Bowls as a head coach 
won a Super Bowl uh, as an offensive coordinator, was a great coach, was in another Super Bowl with the Broncos as the offensive coordinator with Elway. But he's not Bill Belichick, but he always had really good success against them. That's just the reality of it. Some coaches are just that way. And I don't know. I can't explain it, but some coaches are just that way. Uh, Hughes Freeze had a lot of success against Nick Saban for when he was at, at Ole Miss, which is going to be really fascinating now that he's at Auburn. It's just that way to sometimes. So it's not a shot at Brian Kelly, but you just got to look at it and say it is what it is. Mike Norvell's teams play very well against Brian Kelly's teams in their two matchups. That's just the reality of it. And so we'll we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it pans out. Got a, a super chat here from Mark One. He says, "Hi, great show. You guys are impressive. Thank you, Mark." Just a general question: What is your general thoughts on this uh, Notre Dame team overall? I mean, for for me, Mark, and and I know this question was probably meant a little bit uh, also for for Bill as well. But uh, you know, Bill has them as the top ten team. I, I think that's a pretty good uh, for a team that's coming off against um, you know losses to Marshall and Stanford last year, and, and does have some question marks. They do have a lot to prove. I I view them as a. I, I said it earlier. I'd have them eight to eleven. I think some things have got to go right for Notre Dame this year for them to win a title. But I think those things are capable of going right. I do think Notre Dame has a chance to be a championship caliber team right now. I'm, I'm still waiting for the guests to 100% confirm, but I'm going to have another guest on Thursday and we're going to talk about what should expectations be for Notre Dame. So Mark, we'll dive even more into that question on Thursday. What should we expect from Notre Dame this year? What should the floor be? And then what is the most that this team can do? Cause what we're going to do is next week, we're going to kick off sort of our new schedule and, uh, you know, we're going to start our season previews and just just go down the line, previewing all types of different topics about this football team uh, heading into the 2023 season. So this week is going to be some more of the bigger picture stuff of what should expectations be and that kind of thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I wanted to get an outsider's perspective today. And Bill gave that on Thursday. If we're able to get this guest on, it's going to be more of a it's going to be more of a Notre Dame people's view of what this team should be. And obviously I'll have my strong opinions and the person that we expect to have on will also have his uh, strong opinions as well. And I, I think in a lot of ways we see it very similarly. So it won't be like a debate thing. It's just, we're just going to talk about Notre Dame. And then next week we'll, we'll, we'll kick off our, our, our dive into this off season and this season preview uh, with a lot of the different stuff that we got going on. So, but uh, thank you for that. And then uh, we got this one from Jason. He says, what is your floor ceiling for Notre Dame this year? For me, the floor is winning every game, not Ohio State, SC, and Clemson. Ceiling is at least two of the three, of the two, uh, at least two or three of the top games. I think they could win all three. To me, the floor cannot be 0-3 in those games, to me, because that means you've regressed as a team. Not only did you go 1-2 and two against those three teams last year, but two of those three games were on the road, and – you had Ohio State in a situation where they had C.J. Stroud. So if you go 0-3 against them this year, and I don't care if your overall team record is still 9-3, and that's a regression because you were worse against the best teams in your schedule, not better, or not even the same. That would be a regression. To me, the floor for me for Notre Dame just record-wise is, is 10-2. and now, does that mean you go 2-3 and three against those opponents and then get upset by a Duke or a Louisville or an NC State? possibly doesn't mean you go one and two against those teams and beat everybody else possibly but to me the floor for this football team should be 10 and 2 anything worse than 10 and 2 is going to be a disappointment for me it really is there's too much talent on this team there's too many question marks on on other people's schedule on rosters as well 
the schedule fit is very favorable for Notre Dame. It is challenging, yes, but the way that it's set up with 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 the bye weeks where they are, you know, NC State surrounded by two, I mean, let's be honest, gimme games, you know, USC and and uh, and um, Ohio State's part of a, a, a tough stretch, but you have a bye week coming right after the USC game. You know, Louisville and Duke are going to be tough games in between Ohio State and USC, but they're not they're games you should still be able to win. And you get to your two toughest opponents at home. And then Clemson's going to be a tough team this year. They are. You're not going to just go down to Clemson and roll them the way that you did this past year. They're going to have a lot. They're going to want a lot of payback. That's going to be, in my opinion, a much more competitive game. And not even just because it's on the road. If they were going to come back to Notre Dame this year, I'd still say the same thing. That was a fluky game. You're not, you're not going out there the next three weeks in a row playing Clemson and running for 286 yards with no ability to throw the football and beat them by 21 the way that you did. It just, it just, that's not how football works. Just like if Notre Dame and Miami would have played a week later, I don't think Miami beats them 41 to eight. I just, I don't think that's how it it goes. So it's going to be a tough game, but you've got to go at least one and two against those teams, especially since two of them are at home. And so to me, that's the, that's the floor. The ceiling to me is a team that's playing the championship game. I mean, that that's the ceiling. Am I saying it's funny. I was having this conversation with Sean Davis before this show, his show started but it, we were having this conversation, and it's like, no, I'm not in a position where it's championship or bust for me, where if they don't win a championship, it's disappointing, it's you didn't do a good job, and oh, I'm not there yet. I don't think this team is quite there yet. But that's what I think this team is capable of if it reaches its full potential, is is getting to the playoff and winning a game. That's what I think this is. this team is capable of. That's the ceiling for me. Then it comes down to can they win a championship? It all depends on so many things. Who are you playing? I mean, you could have a team that's a, it's a great team, but who are you playing? Are you playing a team that's a horrible matchup for you? Or are you playing a team that's a good matchup for you? Or did you lose a couple key players in the semifinal game? There's so much that goes into, into that that uh, it's hard for me to say that, but that's just kind of what my expectation is for this football team uh, as Notre Dame heads into the, uh, the 2023 season. So, that's going to do it for this show, everybody. Uh, good questions. I think for me, uh, I enjoyed having Bill on. Bill does a great job. He, he really is a good dude. If you if you don't get a chance to, to listen to his work, read his work, uh, definitely do so. You can find him at Sporting News. You can find him on Twitter. Let me find his Twitter handle. I'll give that to you guys here real quick. Uh, his, his Twitter handle is at BillBender92. That's where you can find him. Uh, go subscribe, check out his work. And of course, you can listen to him every week on CFB Nation. And you can check that out. Him and Bill Trochi do a show. Like I said, I'll have their show up tomorrow morning. You'll be able to listen to it. They talked about the Big Ten and this TV deal, this whole drama going on with the Big Ten and the TV deal. Uh, they talk a lot about the Big Ten, but they talk about all types of other topics. And so you're definitely going to want to check that out as well. So subscribe to CFB Nation. On the podcast platform, that's where you can get all the Lucky Lefty shows. So if you're someone that listens to Lucky Lefty show on a podcast platform, you're not going to be able to find that on Irish Breakdown uh, here pretty soon. So you're going to want to go subscribe to the Lucky Lefty show or to CFB Nation where you can then get all the Lucky Lefty shows. You can also get the Bill Bill show, CFB Nation. We've got a couple other things in the work that we're going to try to get to this summer as well. So very much looking forward to expanding that content package and uh, and getting that rocking and rolling. So hit that like for our show, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for the message boards, people. I really appreciate, you know, you guys signing up and support us, what we're doing. If you sign up for a monthly membership, you get a 10% discount to the merch store. You can get this shirt at the merch store and get that flag. There's lots of cool stuff you can get there. 
And, uh, and if you are someone who uh, subscribed for an annual membership, which is $49.99 a year, it's a great value. You get a 20% off discount to your next merch, um, your merch store purchase. If you sign up for the Shamrock, the Blue, or the Gold Club, you also get a 20% off discount to your merch store uh, buys. But if you sign up for Gold, or excuse me, for Shamrock or Blue, you get a free IB Club mug. Uh, says IB Club on it, and it only goes to IB Club members. It's not something that anyone else can buy. I don't have one. Vince doesn't have one. Ryan doesn't have one. Nobody else has one except for IB Club members. And if you sign up for the Gold Club, you not only get the mug, but then you get an IB Club, IB Gold Club T-shirt that also is exclusive to IB Club members. So definitely take that out. And of course, you're always when you do that, you're supporting us and you're helping us grow. I'm trying to make some moves this summer. I'm hoping to be able to go do some things with some hires. And the more support we get, the more I have in my sort of tool belt to be able to go out there and make those things happen. So we really appreciate that very, very much. So uh, for uh, thanks, Bill, for coming on. We'll be six o'clock tonight. We'll have IB Nation Sports Talk tomorrow night or tomorrow. I'll do, be doing a solo show. I'm going to do midweek rundown by myself tomorrow. That's going to be sort of the new format that we're going to have on the Wednesday show. I'll dive more into that tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, I'll be on with Sean Styers. We're going to have a special recruiting show tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Uh, and, I, and we'll have a, a, a fun topic to discuss tomorrow night. So you definitely want to check that out as well. So have a great rest of your day, everybody. And we'll talk to you again soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.